Welcome to the Coaching Matters Podcast brought to you by Fundraising University and Brian Kane Peak Performance. Coaching Matters is a nonprofit foundation whose primary purpose is to help coaches, athletes, and activities directors succeed in their programs, schools, and communities. Fundraising University works to help you raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of interference to support coaches and activities directors in enhancing the student experience and life skill development that is a critical component of our educational systems. Brian Kane, one of the world's leading mental performance coaches, works to educate, empower, and energize you to be your best through his 10 pillars of mental performance mastery systems. Together, each week, we bring you interviews, question and answer sessions, and group coaching around mastering mental performance, creating elite culture, and developing the leadership skills you need to succeed. And now, this week's Coaching Matters podcast. Brian Kane here, host of the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program, and we're here with Zach Sorensen. He's the mental performance coach with the Atlanta Braves. And if you didn't catch the podcast last week, if you're picking this one up as part two with Zach, you're going to want to pick up part one because it was unbelievable. You know, Zach, you were talking about um, you know Kyle Wright and some of the some of the mentality and the work that you did with him and the on the mindset to help get him you know over kind of a hump of struggling when he gets got to the big leagues. You know, if you had to take all the strategies and things that you use with baseball players, and I know you do a lot of work with athletes out outside of baseball as well. If you had to kind of say, Hey, here's my one to three go-to strategies. What would those one to three go-to strategies be that, you know, coaches might pick up from our mental performance certification or ones that you use within the Braves organization or with any of your clients? Yeah. You know, I think the number one thing that I try to teach and establish, and when I was talking with Kyle or, or, or some of the other guys I had a chance to work with, the number one thing we talk about is control what you can control. I mean, like we mentioned, Kyle was now in our journey. He, he he's zero and eight. Okay. Mm -hmm. Can you do anything about that? No, except learn from it. Right. So what can you control? And a couple of things that really made sense to him and some of my other guys is, is, and so I'm talking to a pitcher right now, but you can apply this in any way. So I'm talking to him and I'm like, okay, on a baseball field, there are two big circles. Okay. Two big circles on a baseball field. You got, you got the pitcher's mound and you got home plate. And I'm like, where is your focus? Okay. So just to try to drive the point home about control, what you can't control. And he's like, well, I'm always focused on home plate. Cause that's where all the action is. And I'm like, okay, so, so you're, you're telling me that all your focus is at the plate because that's where everything happens. And he's like, yeah. And then I say, can you control the umpire? Yes or no? No. Can you control the hitter? Yes or no? No. You know, can you control your catcher? Yes or no? No. And I'm like, so your focus is on things that you can't control. And like we've all learned through this training, when you focus on things you can't control, you become out of control and those things end up controlling you. And, and I think that's kind of a state that, you know, he was in early. He's trying to, he's trying to get results, right? And so what we did is we refocused on the things we can, which is part of process over outcome. And we said, okay, the other big circle is, is, is the mound, all right? You can control everything on the mound, nothing after the ball leaves your hand. So let's bear down on that, okay? So, and, and, and Kane, I, had, I wanted you to remind me of this. Kyle Wright gets put on the World Series roster. He had, I think, five or six innings of Major League time this year in the big leagues, okay? Wow. He had a start against the Cubs, and he went about three and third, three and two-third, maybe four innings. Uh, he, I think he hit four bats, you know, four guys. You know, it was a cold day in Chicago. Ball got so he actually pitched okay, but but uh, this and that. They sent him down right after the game. Bam, down. About a month later, he gets a spot start. They told him before his start, you're just pitching now. You're going back on the bus. The bus is here at five o'clock. Okay, boom, you're out. 
and and he had a kind of a rough start. He goes back down to AAA, and my advice to him at that point was, Kyle, it's time for you to find your identity. Mm. It's time for you to figure out your strengths, your weaknesses, and who you're going to be as a player, and we're going to go with it. He spent the whole year down in AAA, ended up being third in ERA in the league in AAA. Wow. Unbelievable season. Does not make the postseason roster. Does not make the division series roster. Okay, so he's not he's not going to face uh, the Brewers. He's not going to face the Dodgers. And then all of a sudden they're like, "You're on the World Series roster, mm. and you're in the bullpen." Okay, so I text him on my, like, "Hey, congratulations, man! I'm super pumped for you." And he texts me back, "Thanks, man." And I could read it to you, "Thanks, man." And he's like. I'm in meetings right now, but I'm going to call you when I get done. I just want to make sure I got my routines figured out for being a reliever. Okay. So for me, I'm like, how can I help Kyle right now? Or how can you guys help your players in this situation? Because what I'm hearing, he's a firm believer in confidence comes from preparation. Yep. And he's in a situation where he hasn't ever prepared. He's at the World Series with 45 plus thousand people. Yep. And he's going to be put in a situation that he's never been in before. He's not come out of the bullpen probably since he probably ever in his life, right? He was a starter in high school, starter at Vanderbilt, starter as a pro ball player. He's probably never pitched out of the bullpen. Totally. And, and so now all of a sudden he's like, I, I, I think I understand. I mean, it's the same, right? But, and so I started hearing these things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I look back at him. Of course, first thing I do is I call, I call Brian Kane. I'm like, what do you got? What do you got for me, right? Here's the message we delivered to, to, to Kyle Wright. When Kyle called me back, I says, if you, uh, what kind of pitcher are you? He goes, well, I've always been a starting pitcher. He goes, well, I did, I did come out of the bullpen and close a game in Vanderbilt in the College World Series game. He's like, but that was just that. And I'm like, wait a second. Hmm. Wait a second. First of all, at that time in your life, there was no bigger game. Right. There was no bigger game. So you've already been here before. Remember that. Okay. So he's been in this situation before. Second of all, I said, what type of pitcher did you say you were? He said, I'm a starting pitcher. I'm like, no, no, hold on a sec. What if you were to drop? You're either a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher. What if you were to drop the first part of that? You're just a pitcher. Exactly. Aren't you just a pitcher? Exactly. And I said, and then, and then Kane gave me some great advice. He says, the, the one I told Kyle, the only difference between the starting pitcher and a relief pitcher is the starting pitchers play catch on the line and relief pitchers play catch on the bullpen. I said, so before your next outing, go out and play catch in the bullpen. Every single day you show up, play catch in the bullpen so that you do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, don't forget to make the jog. Make the jog yeah. from the bullpen to the mound. But here's the deal. Here's where this gets fun. We talked about control what you can't control. We talked about you can control the dirt, which is the pitcher's mound. And I said to Kyle, there is going to be a switch. When you go from grass to dirt, that is your trigger that says, I am a pitcher. Mm-hmm. You're not a starting pitcher, relief pitcher, because at that point, it's all the same. And he said that really changed his whole outlook. He gets in game two of the World Series in a non-pressure you know, uh, pressure situation. The Braves are getting beat up a little bit. They put him in there. He goes, strike out, strike out, strike out. Bam, off the field, done. Three punchies. It's awesome. A couple days later, all of a sudden now, because the Braves don't have any pitching, Kyle Wright's going to factor in the World Series. He goes from not even being on the roster to all of a sudden, he's going to be the one in this rubber match that's going to make a difference. Game four, real quick. Kyle goes out there. They they did a spot start left-handed guy. Base hit, uh, strikeout, walk, walk. Bases loaded, one out, and in comes Kyle Wright. Okay, mm-hmm. and I got a quick video here, Kane. I want to show you yeah. just because you can see, and it's not very long, but you can kind of see some of the things that Kyle Wright is doing. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to find it and I'm going to bring it back to you. But yeah, but yeah, no, stay, you know, we'll stay on that. And while you're doing that, you know, I'll, I'll take on some of the questions that we got here and I'll, I'll come back to you, Zach. And one of these is, okay. you know, one of the questions is, do you need to be CMPC certified? 
Are you, are you a CMPC certified coach, Zach? I am not a CMPC certified coach. In fact, on my book, I have MS written next to it because I have my master's and I have MPM written next to it. Okay. Cause I'm mental, <laughs> I'm an MPM mental certified coach. And again, the strategies I get from that are there. So I think what, I think my answer to those questions is, is if you can get your chance to get in front of somebody, okay. If you can get in front of somebody that is interviewing you or whatever, and you can drop strategy on them and a, 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 a structure for who you want to be, Okay. And what you're going to teach, they are going to be blown away by what you can do. I really believe that to be the case. And that's what the certification course is, Zach, is the strategies that you use, right? Where like this, the, the uh, have you ever been asked by an employer, the Rangers, the Braves, a college bringing you in, a coach who wants you to work with his team, if you're CMPC certified? I never have been. Me either. And I've been doing this for 20 years, right? And what I have been asked though, is how are you going to get our players better? How are you going to help us to win? You know, what, what does it look like? How do I do mental performance? How do I go from talking about it to doing it, which you're, which you're bringing up here. And what that is, is that is strategy. And what the certification course is strategies that you can use as a coach to help you be better at coaching mental performance. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. hundred percent. Take a look, take a look here at this video, Kyle Wright video. Quick video. Look at this. You can see mental performance training taking place right here. Okay. Look at that right there. Boom. There it is. I mean, look at his face, the confidence he has. This is a player who didn't spend any time in the big leagues this year. Two, two. Yeah. I mean, I just want you to see his, his body language and this and that. So this is a guy, just so you know, this is a guy who prior to this outing, okay, Prior to this outing, let me make sure we're not still hearing that. You still hearing that? No, you're good. Prior to this outing, okay, his last big start in the big leagues was against the Dodgers, and Kyle right through, I think, two-thirds of an inning gave up six runs. Two-thirds yep. of an inning, six runs, and then they didn't trust him as a pitcher. They put him on the roster, and look what he does. Why? Why? Why does he do that? It's because of the work he put in. You see, yeah. you're not going to go out there every single day because, you, because you're, you're working the game, the mental game, and dominate. We can't guarantee that you're going to go out there and dominate. Right. We go out there, and there's going to be times where it's, it's going to be handed to you. And, and one quick story about that. Kyle Wright goes out there after winning five straight games in the big leagues last season. He's now facing the Dodgers. If the Braves win, they go to the World Series. He gives up six runs in two-thirds of an inning. Okay. I leave him alone that night. He calls me the next day from the bus, okay, driving to the ballpark down in, in Texas, okay, where all the games were. I'm like, how are you doing? And he says, I'm doing great. I'm like, why are you doing great? You gave up six runs last night and two-thirds of an inning. He goes, well, I wasn't doing good at first. He's like, but we went through the process, okay, just like we've done after every single game. And do you know what I learned? And I'm like, what? He goes, I learned that I learned a whole lot about how to pitch because of that game last night. Mm. And so what he did is he went through his process of, you know, and this isn't that exact game. Okay. But you can, can you see this right here? This is yep. like a post-game evaluation right here. Okay. This Love is it. his well, better, how. Love it. All right. What did you do? Well, what do you want to do better? And how are you going to do it? And so Kyle pulls out of a terrible, you could even possibly use the word frustrating, embarrassing loss. Okay. He pulls out several things that he learned from that game that made him the type of pitcher that was able to go out this year in the World Series when everybody says, why are you giving him the ball? Okay, because every time he gets up there, they're like, and then he had that game against the Dodgers, okay? And, 
And here we go. And he's ready to go. It's all because of the processes that he's going through. Mm. All right. Love that. And, and, and I'm going to keep hitting this. It's mental reps. It's mental reps. You guys want to get stronger in the weight room. What do you do? You do reps. You want to be a better hitter. What do you do? You go hit. Okay. You want to be better at ground balls. I mean, the, the Braves have one of the best infield with Ron Washington, best infield coaches of all time. Every single day, it's the routine. It's the routine. It's the routine. What Kyle has done from the, the day we started working together is he created his routine and he stuck to it. He had mental reps every single day. And I promise you, every single, every single experience he went through allowed him to prepare himself to be ready when they called on him in the World Series this year, when he hadn't pitched in the big leagues all year to say, I'm ready to go and I have confidence because mm. confidence comes from preparation. Mm. Love it. I want to get into some of the questions here tonight. First, three things I want you all to do, if you would, please, to jot these down. Okay. First is I want you to get what we call the Hard 90 podcast. That's Zach's podcast, which you can get. I'm going to post that in the chat. Second one is I want you to engage them on his website. It's phenomsports.com. I'm posting that here on the website. And then the third one would be to check out his book, The Hard 90. Some of the questions came in as, hey, the strategies that Zach's sharing tonight, is it all in his book? It's all in his book. The thing I love about Zach, as you can see by tonight's call, is he is a open book in sharing his experiences to help all of us to get better. So I want to go into some questions here, Zach, from our, from our, our callers tonight. And um, uh, uh, Ashley Davis comes in here. Brett Ashley Davis comes in with a question for Zach. How much did the Freddie Freeman story in leadership create that team culture where they are playing for more than themselves? I mean, Freddie Freeman is, is unbelievable. He is, he is everything that we want to create in a player and, and a person in general. That story was, was so powerful. In my podcast last, last Friday, I talked, I'm talking about leadership right now. And the story I tell is one thing that was amazing about this team right here is when they win the World Series, the game's over. Everybody's like, okay, we can turn the TV off. Nobody turned the TV off after the game because we were all were wondering who was going to be the MVP. Hmm. And here's what's so awesome about that. They could have given the MVP to about six different guys. And what's interesting is when I started breaking down the different players that they could give the MVP to, it wasn't just that they played well on the field. It's that they, they have a different leadership quality, okay, that when you put it together becomes this powerhouse. The Braves were under 500 at the All-Star break. They were in third place, and they make a run, and they handled all of those teams along the way. Freddie Freeman leads that team. He, he challenges that team. That's one thing I talked about. He challenges that team. He went to the players in the infield and he says, here's the deal. We play this game every single day. We don't take days off. And I challenge you to be out there every single day. But his story is amazing. Freddie Freeman at the beginning of the season last year got COVID to the point where he was actually praying to a, the higher power saying, I'm not ready to be done yet. Mm. I'm not ready to come to you yet. And he ends up being the MVP. Okay. That guy has some of this. He really does. And he knows how to lead and knows how to get the most out of his players because that's who he is every single day. About the Braves, three games under five. We said three games under 500 at the all-star break, right? It's the middle of the season. And then they go on to win the world series, proving that the best team doesn't win. It's the team who plays the best. And, you know, Zach, you talked about, um, your system in your framework. Like my framework is the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery. Your framework is the acronym phenom question comes in from James Riley. One of the top mental performance coaches in all of soccer, former professional soccer player. I actually did some work with Ken Revisa, ironically, when he was with the LA galaxy. And, you know, James said, how did you decide on your seven pillars for your methodology of phenom? Uh, and, and did you choose the pillars that best resonated with you as a former player? How did you come up with that? Yeah, I think that's, a, that's an awesome question. I'm going to share this with you right here. Um, 
this is my framework and, and it's based on, on the acronym phenom. Okay. Now what the funny story about that is I had a pair of, of cleats that I used to wear on Sunday day games. So baseball, you play a game at seven Oh five every single night. And then all of a sudden Sunday, it's like, okay, let's play like at one o'clock. Right. And it throws off our routine. All right. So I needed something to kind of jumpstart me and get me going. And so I had these patent leather, shiny, you know, spikes that I used to wear and they were called phenoms was I started putting this together, this framework, and it's based on the 10 pillars. Just so you all are aware it's based on the 10 pillars. It's right there in line with it. It seemed to match up for me. So me, it's process over outcome, honest self-evaluation, emotional control, never ending eagerness to get better, which is the growth mindset, right? Overpowering adversity and embracing failure and then mastering your mental imagery and self-talk. So for me, yeah, those are our key uh, um, pillars because that's what I needed as a player. I mean, I needed the self-talk. I needed the mental imagery, which I wasn't doing correctly. Emotional control. Everyone out there needs emotional control. The big things for me is, is the, the evaluations, you know, in my book, you know, the subtitles, how to prepare, compete, and progress in the mental game, the prepare phase of mental performance trains, what takes place before the game. All right. The, progress phase takes place after the game. So what are the, are the strategies I can give my guys to do after a game to help them understand how they can be a better player? And then of course, the middle of the game is the compete phase. How can we pull more out of ourselves when we're in there? Okay. It's not about, you know, I've been talking about this a lot in my podcast lately. You know, you don't ever show up to a game with hundred percent. You really don't, you don't have hundred percent. So some days it's like, I'm at 80%, but what we do is we start thinking about the 20% we don't have. So give 100% of the 80% you have. Okay. Or whatever percent it is that you have. Mm. So yeah, that, that, that structure came based on what I was taught by Brian Kane in the MPM. Okay. It, it just opened my eyes to, and it just became clear to me. And then I, I ran with my, my, my experiences I had as a player and said, this are, these are the ones that make sense to me. And then the acronym fit. Yeah. And I know a question that came in was, you know, about like being able to take things from the 10 pillars and make your own framework. And I'm like, Hey, that's why we made the certification. We made the certification to teach you what we've been doing. And I learned from Ken Revisa over the last 20 years of doing this work myself, a thousand pro players, you know, three, hopefully four Cy Young Award winners here. If Corbin gets that the next week, and then guys like Zach, that are playing it and now doing it at the highest level. Like, yes, you can take the 10 pillars of, of mental performance mastery framework from the certification. Yes. You can tweak that to be your own. Yes you can take the pillars and kind of use them however you want to use them. So that's why they're there, right? We're not, we're not taking any of these things into the grave with us, man. Our goal is to give them all away, normalize mental performance training and give people the best chance for success. Speaking of best chance for success, question comes in from David Ford and he says, Zach, how do you balance boosting confidence versus needing to correct mistakes to make them better? Yeah, I think that's awesome. One thing I teach is being an honest self-evaluator. Yeah. Okay. When you do a well, better how, we're going to address the things you do well and we're talking about what you're going to do better. But what it is, is, is I think what we've been programmed to do is to either say that's good or that's bad. Okay. And, and that's not what we're really chasing. Uh, what we're chasing is progress. And if you can get your, your players to understand our goal is progress, all of a sudden you start understanding that when you struggle, that's good. Because now you have something to go attack tomorrow and then you're going to see progress and you're going to get better at whatever it is. So it's not about, you know, it kind of goes back to the outcome. I mean, that question's kind of based on an outcome. Okay. It's like, I was no good. Well, that's the outcome. Well, okay. When you start training the mental game, it's like, how are we going to attack it? So Kobe Bryant has an awesome video. We'll pull it up sometime, but Kobe Bryant has a video and he gets asked, what does losing feel like to you? And Kobe says, it's exciting. 
because that's where all the answers are. And then he breaks it down. And he's like, after every single game, you go back and you look and you try to figure out what you did well, what you want to do better. And then how you can get, you know, and then how are you going to do it? He, he, so he goes through that process day in and day out. So when you can gain the trust of your players, okay. And I got to this point with Kyle, like in Kyle's well, better, how he got to the point where he was writing down exactly what I showed you every single day, we would talk about it. And I would be like, man, that's great. I love your feedback. And then when he got to the point where he trusted me, he would say, what did you see? And now all of a sudden it's opened up for me to be honest. And here's, what's interesting about that. When you can establish that relationship and you can open up with honesty, the more honest you are with them, guess what? the more they embrace you and what you're doing as a coach. And that's really the case. Let me give you a quick story. And I don't want to take too much time with this. Oh, let's go. Kyle Wright goes out there and I'm breaking down. I'm doing a well, better how for him, just like he's doing a well, better how I've got two pages of notes for every single start of his. Now he was the only guy at the time I was working with. Okay. So I could do that. But the next day he'd call me and he'd be like, what do you got? And I'm like, Hey, here's one thing that I'm seeing, you know, and, and it's up to you. I'm not a pitching coach. And he's like, no, bring it. And I said, in the first inning of your start yesterday, which one of the hitters bothered you? He's like, well, the leadoff guy got on, but then I got a double play. So, and then I punched the next guy out. So I'll have to go with the leadoff guy because he, he got a base hit. I'm like, what about inning two? And he's like, well, I walked the leadoff guy. Okay. Well, what about inning three? Well, leadoff guy hit a home run. I'm like, are you seeing a trend here? Hmm. And he's like, he's like, yeah, the leadoff guy is doing damage. And I'm like, yeah. So what are we going to do about it? What's your next best move? Let's give you something to go to. Right. Love it. And I said, what does your pre-inning routine look like? I said, what is your purpose? Because everything you do has to be on purpose with purpose. What are you doing when you go out there? He's like, well, I throw seven pitches. And I'm like, what's the purpose of them? He's like, well, to get loose. And I'm like, okay, we got to get loose before we go out there. Because you have to have intent once you get out there because that leadoff guy is doing damage. And so I said, have you ever done anything to get loose before you go out on the field? Well, well, back when I was at Vanderbilt, I used to take a weighted ball and I'd throw it off the wall. And I'm like, how many times? And he's like, well, what do you mean? And I'm like, how many times did you throw it off the wall? He's like, I don't know, four or five. And I'm like, how about three? Because we want three outs. Mm. Okay. So Kyle Wright goes out the next time. All of a sudden the camera, you know, goes over to him. He puts his hat on because he talked about that's a trigger that says yeah. it's go time. Yeah. And he walks down in the tunnel. And everyone's like, where's he going? And all of a sudden he comes out of the tunnel, boom, conviction with his warm-up pitches. And the leadoff guy did not get on base at all that mm. game. Okay, now finish to the story. Two starts later, he's got a no-hitter through six innings or through five innings against the Boston Red Sox. Okay, he goes out in the sixth inning and he's facing Jackie Bradley Jr. to lead it off. Jackie Bradley Jr. hits a home run off of him. And then the next guy hits like Dabak, it's like a double or something like that. Catcher goes out there and is like, what's going on? You're a totally different guy. After the game, I get a text message. I need to talk to you. That's all it said, you know, from Kyle. I'm, well, yeah, we talk every game. So he calls me up. He goes, guess what? I went down in the tunnel and guess what happened? My weighted ball was gone. He's like, somebody took my weighted ball. And I'm like, okay, this is really funny. I apologize. I'm laughing because you had a no hitter. And I said, what'd you learn about? last night. What did you pull from that? He goes, two things. Number one is routines really help. They make a difference. They get you locked in where you are. And I'm like, what else did you learn? And he goes, I don't know. What do you got? And I'm like, you learned that you need a second weighted ball. There's right. got to be another weighted ball. Yeah. Right. You got to right. be able to adjust right. to that. But yeah, two is one, one is none, right? Totally. Strategies yeah. though, right? Strategies. We give them routines. You give them something to go to. And, and because of that, they can have confidence because they're prepared. Love that. Love that. Zach, we'll come back here with a couple more questions that keep coming in. Again, if you're on the call, you got specific questions for Zach Sorensen, go ahead and drop them inside of our chat here. And just want to want to take a moment here and again, recognize 
the, the fundraising university and their CEO, Mike Bahoon. Fundraising university is always looking for individuals who are competitive, self-starters, empathetic, organized, and teachable to partner with. Current coaches, contact Mike Bahoon, M-B-A-H-U-N at fundraising, the letter U.net to inquire about assistant coach or area representative positions open within fundraising university and visit fundraisingu.net slash franchising to find out more about becoming a franchise owner through Fundraising University. Zach, next question comes in uh, from, from another Zach, ironically, who was a professional baseball player. He says, you know, I played with Dansby Swanson in the Diamondbacks organization and saw him during instructional ball when he was having a really tough time mentally playing with a lot of anxiety. Not long after, he's traded to Atlanta where he went on to flourish. What are some strategies that he has been implementing into his game over the last few years that's kept him right and led to more success offensively than he's ever had? Yeah, one of the biggest things that Dansby has done, and I haven't spent a ton of time working with Dansby, but I know he is heavy into meditation, mm. okay? And, and I think that that's one thing I've really been studying more and more and more is how can we implement meditation with our players? And what I found out is when I do what, what we call a confidence conditioning meditation or a ball meditation, which is uh, breathing, affirmations, look back, look forward, okay, with my players, they are blown away by this exercise. So mm -hmm. I think that's the number one thing that Dansby has done is, uh, uh, you know, he, he's used some binaural beats and, and bilateral music to be able to help him relax and calm down. The next thing, you know, and I saw this in the World Series, and these are some of the messaging that I sent to my guys, and this may be fun for you guys to hear, but one thing about the World Series is, is this is the best of the best. Okay. And, and sometimes I understand as a player going through a long season, you're like, man, you know, if I can get one hit, my next four ABs, or if I can do this, or if I can do that, then it's going to kind of even things out. And my, my, my things are going to say the world series is, is going to be one, maybe one play in the game, maybe two plays in the game. Okay. So the number one goal for the guys and the message I keep, I kept hitting these guys with is you have got to be where your feet are. You have got to be present. You have got to play this game one pitch at a time. So, and maybe this is, is a good time. Hopefully I, I know you guys have lots of questions, but I think this is really cool for me to share with you. Some of the last couple of messages I sent on a daily basis to the players. Okay. Perfection is the enemy of being present. Your routine gets you to the starting line. The routine gets you to the best place you can be at that time. Sometimes you have to adapt and adjust. Focus on being present, not perfect. Being present allows you to be free. Aggressive is the opposite of perfect. Focusing on the perfect pitch kills. Be present, not perfect. Give 100% of what you have to win this pitch. Be where your feet are, free and easy, aggressive in the moment. Mm. So that went out to... That went out to Kyle Wright, the hitting coach, you know, some of the players before one of the games. And the last one, let's go. I said, focus, focusing on winning championships is too big. Focusing on winning games is too big. Focusing on having a good outing is too big. The focus has to be pitch by pitch on a stage like this. Man, Same focus, same composure, same adaptability, same emotion, and then a fist bump. Love that. And, and, you know, it's funny, Zach, you mentioned that you mentioned about Dansby and kind of competitiveness. Here's his interview. I'm not sure which game this is after. You'll know which one. But here yeah. he is talking about in a podcast. Uh, I'm sorry, in a Twitter video here. You, I want you to listen to this and kind of break this down, um, you know, of him, him talking about uh, just competing, letting go of the fluff, letting go of the outcome and just competing. In that moment, I think the compete factor is, is what kind of went through the roof. I, I, this game, it's so funny. It can be. It can be such a challenging game. It can be so hard. 
and we can get so caught up in and results we can get so caught up in and everything else but the real thing that matters is playing the game to win and competing to win uh, and so i feel like that's just where i went it's like you know what let's get rid of everything else and let's just compete and some amazing happened right let's get when he says let's get rid of everything else and just compete zach what's he talking about getting rid of what yeah. So in, in my opinion, and I'm going to throw that question right back to you, Kane, but we work so hard to get everybody prepared to play in so many different aspects. Okay. We talk about batting practice. We talk about ground balls. We talk about all this stuff and that's all very, very important. We do the same thing with mental performance training. When the lights go on and they throw the first pitch, it's about competing. That's why we do all the training so that we can just compete. Okay. And here's why you have to focus on winning. All right. Sometimes we're like, well, you know, maybe he's focused on everything else and this and that, but you have to focus on winning. If you don't focus on winning every single pitch, the only thing that you're guaranteed is that you'll be a loser. Hmm. How about that? So that's what we see in Dansby. We see Dansby going out. He puts everything to his, to the side. He forgets that he hasn't, you know, he's won for 18 in the world, in the world series thus far, because in that moment, when the game when in game four, okay. When the Braves are losing two to one, and Dansby's up to bat. It doesn't matter that he's won for his last 18. Guess what matters? This pitch. And when you compete pitch by pitch by pitch, you have a chance to do what Dansby did, and he hits a home run opposite field and ties the game up for the Braves, and, and they end up winning that huge game, which propels him in, and, and eventually, I think, helps them win the World Series because of that game. Love it, Zach. I want to get one more question that came in, and then I'm going to take all the questions that we do have because there's been a lot that we haven't had the chance to get to, uh, and I want to be respectful of your time. I'll take those questions. I'll send those to you from our chat here, and then hopefully maybe you can answer those uh, inside of Perfect. the Hard 90 podcast You know, as we move forward. So I want to make sure everybody checks that out on, on wherever you listen to your, pod, your, your podcast, the Hard 90. Also, you can get the recording of this call on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Podcast. Zach, Last question comes in from Taylor Armstrong and he said, Zach, congrats on the world series. win. do you go to players with recommendations for mental performance or do you let them come to you? Great question. Yeah. Great question. And, and for me, you know, because I had the experience as a player, I think that that, that little, you know, wall is a little bit shorter and, and I can get to them again. I'm going to go back to the three things that they need from you. Okay. If they trust you, if they know that you care about them and they know they're going to help you, they're going to start coming to you, but you pick and, and choose the right times where you can go and establish that. So my focus isn't on delivering my message. that's going to change their life right away. My focus is on those three things. And I, you can make that happen. Like when I was with Texas, they said, Hey, it's going to take this whole year to establish this relationship, you know? So just don't even talk about mental performance training, just work on the relationship. And I'm like, this guy's going to get released next week. I have to establish those three things with him today, okay, so that we can start talking about mental performance from there. Here's my thing. Figure out the one thing that you feel like can really help that player, introduce them to it, and they're going to see it work. And then all of a sudden, it just opens up for you to be able to teach them what you want to teach them. Talk about that one thing, Zach. Here's my one last thing. thing for you here, man. If we could remove the skull cap, remove that Atlanta Braves cap, and plant one seed inside of your head about mental performance coaching because – the coaches that are on this call, the over hundred coaches that joined us today to, to interact with you and to hear your story and hear your system and strategy, they can all be mental performance coaches, you know, in our certification, which you can get into at briancanecom slash certification, join our insiders list. It opens up next week. We'd love to have you with us as you've been with us. One of the first coaches to get certified. What's the one seed that you would like to leave all of our listeners with tonight, Zach, if you could remove the skull cap and plant one seed, what would it be? 
Yeah, I've hit this a bunch, but I'm going to go back to the same thing I tell my players, and that's control what you can control. And some of the things that you can control in your life are your routines, you know, the, the information that you're bringing in. And what you need to understand is like we talked about, mental performance training is not taught. And so when you start teaching it, guess what? You're the expert. Okay, you are the expert and you can impact lives up and down the field and, and, and not even on the field. Okay, you're going to change people's lives on and off the field. And, and, and you can do that. It's time for you to dive in, to gather these strategies, to implement them in your life. Okay, and then you're going to be influential. How do you do it? I think you do it with passion. Okay, I and just like you guys know, why do we love Brian Kane? Because the passion he brings, the energy he brings day in and day out. I tried to bring the same level of energy and I, I couldn't do it. Okay, I tried and I couldn't do it. But I found where I live and where I live is I'm super passionate about caring about my players, about establishing trust. Okay, and getting them to the point where they know that I can help them to get better. Every single time they go out there and perform, I'm performing with them. These are my guys. These are my gals. Okay, and I'm super passionate about them. And everything you do is on purpose, with purpose. Be where your feet are. So one last thing I thought was pretty funny. We saw someone throw in the chat right there, my book, and, and you're gonna need to do the homework on it. Here's your homework assignment. When you get to you know Amazon, you're gonna buy the book. Everything you do is on purpose, with purpose. It costs $14.24 to purchase the hard 90. And your job is to figure out why it's $14.24. Uh, and we'll, we'll leave it at that. I see some smiles on the computer. Randy Bolton, Russ Waterman, Chris Andrews, Marty, other guys. I know exactly where you're going with that. There it is. 1% better. We'll leave it at that. Zach, man, humbled to call you a friend. Humbled to have you on the call tonight. So awesome and so excited for you as a guy, you know, who... Um, played Major League Baseball and now got a chance to be a part of a World Series organization and play a role in that. So thank you for, for your always willingness to give back to the game, to help mentor and grow coaches. And thanks for being here as a part of the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program and uh, looking forward to getting you back on, man. That was just tremendous. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks you all for all you do. Continue to impact, make a difference out there and get in the game. Dominate the day. Thanks for being here and Coaching Matters. Take care, everybody. Thanks for checking out this week's Coaching Matters podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a subscribe and a review. Also, be sure to engage with us on social media here in the notes for the show. And remember, dream big, raise more, and coaching matters.